Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Thank you so much for your giving. Welcome to Bethesda once again to the first service of 2019. Um, I'm pumped up that you're here, and I'm even more pumped up about the things God is going to do in 2019. Anybody believe in 2019 is going to be a great year? Super excited about it. Let me say, if you missed first Wednesday, I want to encourage you to go back, listen to that message. We talked about when preparation meets opportunity, Um, and we learned in that message that favor is released when preparation meets opportunity. In 2019, we are going to be presented with a lot of incredible opportunities, but we have to be prepared for that moment. Hit your neighbor and tell them, hear that message. All right, if you missed it, then go back and get it. I promise you it will be a blessing to you. Um, This is going to be a significant year for our church, and Uh, We are kicking off today 21 days of prayer and fasting. I know you're super excited about fasting. I'm telling you, at 8.30, Karen's like, how'd 8.30 service go? I was like, well, about halfway through the sermon, I wanted to run home. (laughs) That's how it went. Um, Fasting, man, people don't get excited about it, but we, we have to look beyond what we're giving up, and we have, to, we have to look to the fact that God wants to meet us during this fast in a very powerful way. And, and I'll say right up front that you will get out of this what you put into it. If you treat this as common and not that big a deal, and then you're not, you don't expect too much. But if you take it seriously and you really seek God and you, you sacrifice, I'm not telling you what kind of fast to do. If, you, if this is new to you, you're like, I don't even know like, well, where I should start. We have resources out on our website that will help you along. But what we put into this is what we'll get out of it. We kick it off today. Today is day number one. So if you woke up today and you didn't realize that and you ate pancakes and bacon, I'm mad at you, number one. Just kidding. But it's not too late. Hit your neighbor and tell them it's not too late. Not too late. You can jump on board anytime during the 21 days and be a part of this. We are also utilizing a 21-day devotional by Pastor Jensen Franklin that was just released. And you will see uh, posts and excerpts from that on all of our social media platforms, so you can follow along with that each day. Uh, if you want a copy of the, the devotional itself, we've made those available in our bookstore. You can pick one of those up, and um, I promise it'll be a blessing to you. A lot of cool things in that. Before I dive into today's message, I'm going to use the topic, and the, the title of the devotional. I'm going to call this Restart Your Heart. But I want to let you know the Holy Spirit had given me three areas that we were to focus on during the 21 days of prayer and fasting. Three areas that we're we're to really pray and believe God for. And we're going to kick off a series next week called I Found, and we're going to talk about for three weeks the three areas we believe God wants to move in. And that is the area of freedom, the area of healing, and the area of divine direction. I believe over the 21 days that people are going to experience freedom at a whole new level, that they're going to receive healing in, in their lives. How I many healing involves more than physical? That it could be emotional healing for you. 
but also direction for those that are saying, you know what, I don't know, I don't know what my next step is. I believe that God is going to reveal that to you. So we'll kick that off next week. But today we're going to talk about restart your heart. And I want to start in Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 23. It says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. The Proverbs is the book of wisdom, a lot of wisdom in the book of Proverbs. Um, this scripture is no different. It's, it's, it's full of wisdom. He says, the writer says, above all else. In other words, he, he's letting you know that, that this is extremely important. Above everything else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. We all know that life can take a toll on your physical heart. But we also need to know that life can take a toll on your spiritual heart. That just as the physical heart can experience trauma, I think a lot of people's spiritual heart, because of what they've gone through, uh, they, they experience trouble in their spiritual realm, in the spiritual realm, in their heart. In that devotional that we're all following along with, Pastor Jensen, he connects the, the physical and the spiritual. And he says this, he says, in the natural there is a medical procedure used by heart surgeons worldwide called cardioversion. Cardioversion uses electricity or chemicals to activate the heart and return it to its normal rhythm. Total cardioversion involves stopping the heart and then restarting it. An irregular heartbeat can cause great damage to internal organs, even death. Cardioversion restarts the heart, allowing it to regain its ability to do what it was designed to do, which is to supply life-giving blood to the rest of the body in just the right measure and at the intervals required to sustain life. This procedure saves thousands of lives every year. Now, obviously, that's in the natural realm, and some of you know people that have had that procedure done. But just as that procedure saves thousands of lives, I think spiritually speaking, sometimes because we go through certain seasons of pain or frustration or loneliness or grief where we end up bitter or unforgiving or any of those issues in our life, sometimes we need a spiritual reset, a spiritual restart of our heart. The problem is that instead of looking to the future at what God might do for us, a lot of us, our minds have a tendency to focus on the past. We, we dwell on the things that we've been through, the things that, you know, that, that were against us, that we had trouble walking through. And instead of looking ahead at the good things God wants to do, we get stuck in the past and we get, many times we can get stuck in a cycle. And I want to talk about that this year. Later this year, I'm going to talk to you about cycles. Because I believe that when we fail to look forward at the things that God wants to do, and we get stuck in the past, we end up, what happens is, is we create these cycles in our life, cycles of addictive behaviors, cycles of family problems, and, and sometimes we need to, to take a step of faith to break the negative cycles in our life so that God can start a new cycle in our life. How many in 2019 would like to start some good positive cycles instead of just dealing with the same old negative cycles that happen in our life? Pastor Jensen, he, he makes three observations after 30 years of ministry that I would concur with. And here's what he says. He says, when a problem makes no sense on a physical level, then there is something spiritual going on. 
when it doesn't make sense on a physical level, then there is something spiritual going on. I can tell you today that there have been problems that were physical problems that I've gone through. Just something that you could identify it, it made sense. Uh, you, you could go to the doctor, get treatment, whatever it may be. It just, you know, how many have ever had problems, though, that didn't make sense? Like you, you couldn't figure it out. There was no rhyme, no reason to why you were going through what you were going through. And, and so we have to look at that point and understand that there is something spiritual going on. I believe that 2018, many of you were going through battles that you did not understand. Battles that made no sense, that there was no logical answer as to why you were going through what you went through. There was something spiritual happening. And, and what I would say about that is, is that you can't win, which the second observation he makes, I'll, I'll go ahead and give that to you. He says, spiritual issues will not be solved by normal means and must be dealt with on a spiritual level. I think sometimes we are coming at spiritual problems in the natural realm. We're trying to, we, we want a doctor or we want somebody to help counsel us or we, we need advice from that person. And I'm for all those things. I encourage all those things. But sometimes no, no doctor, no treatment, no counseling, no friend can help. Sometimes it's a spiritual problem that means that I have to move beyond the natural and I have to step into the spiritual and understand if this thing's going to change, if this thing's going to move, then I may have to fast, I may have to pray, I may have to forgive someone that I really don't want to forgive, I may have to bless my enemies, I may have to do something spiritual on my end if I want to get a spiritual result. That it's not just a natural, logical answer sometimes. The Bible says it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, says God. That there are some things that if I don't press in, and seek God, and, and push away the plate, and, and get on my knees, and say, God, help me with this, that I'll never get past it. I told the church on Wednesday night, this past first Wednesday, that we have fought some devils to get to this point. There's been spiritual battles over the last 11 years that we have gone through. Some demons we've had to defeat. Some giants we've had to take down. I mean, some of y'all wouldn't even believe some of the battles we've been, to, been through to get to this point. But here's what I know. The Scripture says that, that Israel conquered a lot of their enemies in Canaan, but there was a generation that rose up that did not know the battles that had gone on before. And, and God left some of the enemy in the land because, listen, every generation needs a battle to fight. That you can't just depend on mommy and daddy's battles or your pastor's battles. Every generation needs some battles where we learn how to exercise our faith, activate our faith. We need to learn how to pray for ourselves, fast for ourselves, speak God's word for ourselves, not just depend on, you know, I need a church to do it for me. I'm telling you, you will hit a place in your walk with God where you're going to have to lean in to what God wants to do in your life where it's not going to happen any other way. Spiritual problems mean that I have to get spiritual. And fasting and prayer is one of the ways that we are leaning in to what God wants to do and, and dealing with our problems from a spiritual level. 
He says his third observation was no, no amount of thought, planning, or worry will solve a spiritual issue or a spiritual attack. One of the things he says in that devotional that I loved, he says, he says this, you may not be able to fix the situation, but God can fix you. Man, isn't that good? Sometimes you can't change it. Sometimes you can't fix it. But if we get spiritual and seek God, even if we can't fix the, the situation, God can then fix us. As we step into this new year, I know that many of you have gone through some difficult things in 2018, some, some things you did not understand. But as we step into this new year, I want us to step out of, of a place of negativity, step out of a mindset that says only bad things are going to come. How many of you got to expect some good things to happen? You, you got to believe that, that things will turn around. And here's what I would say, because we're talking about restarting your heart. Before you make all those New Year's resolutions, and some of you already made them, you're going to lose 74 pounds. You're, you know, you're going to read 57 books. Um, you're going to do couponing. That'll last one time. You know that 85% of New Year's resolutions end by Valentine's Day. 85% of them. So we don't, we don't keep those. I'm not against them. I think you should set goals, have some New Year's resolutions. I'm for all that. But the most important thing that you can get right in 2019 is not a New Year's resolution. It's a new heart. The most important thing we can do is make sure that our heart is in the right place that there's not any darkness in our heart. And here's what the Word says about that. In Jeremiah 17, verses 9 and 10, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and it is exceedingly perverse and corrupt and severely mortally sick. Who can know it or who can understand his own heart and mind? I, the Lord, search the mind, I try the heart, even to give to every man according to his ways according to the fruit of his doings. When we talk about the heart, we're talking about the real you. We're talking about the inner part of a person that thinks, the inner part of a person that feels, the inner part of a person that decides. We're talking about the real you. I'm not talking about the you that comes to church and sings the songs and tells everybody you're blessed and highly favored. I'm talking about the you that nobody sees. That's what we're talking about when we talk about the heart. And what we understand about the heart is, is, is this. All emotions are experienced by the heart. Love passes through your heart. Hate passes through your heart. Joy and sorrow both pass through your heart. Courage and fear pass through the heart. All emotions pass through the heart. We also know from Scripture that our intellectual abilities pass through the heart. Esther 6 and 6 tells us that the heart, the heart may think. Job 38 tells us that the heart can understand. Jeremiah 9 tells us the heart can imagine. Deuteronomy 4 9 says the heart can remember. Proverbs 2.10 says that wisdom passes through the heart. Deuteronomy 7.17 says the heart may even speak to itself. In other words, your heart has the ability to reason. 
Our will, our purpose, our intentions all pass through the heart. They are all activities of the heart. When we talk about the heart, we're talking about the real you. Come on, hit your person sitting next to you and say, the real you. The real you. The you that no one can really see. Here, here's the thing. Not only is the heart important, we, we, can, we clarified that through Scripture, but the Bible is very clear that when God looks at us, He doesn't look at the outward appearance. That God looks specifically at the heart. That He knows the motives, He knows the intentions of every person's heart. We look at a person and we judge them based by what they have on. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all mad at me because I got tennis shoes on. Well, I got these for Christmas. Y'all just going to have to live with it. Thank you, baby. We judge based on appearance. I'm going to wear my LeBron James shoes. Y'all judge if you want to. I don't want to go down that road right now. But anyway, we, we look at the outward appearance and make our assumptions about people. But God doesn't do that at all. He looks directly into the heart. He can see all the activities of the heart. He knows the emotions that have gone through the heart. And that's why the writer of Proverbs says in Proverbs 4, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Jeremiah says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Here's the thing you got to understand about your heart. Your heart can become deceived. Your heart can become deceived. If you're not careful, you can be doing the work of God and not be right in your heart. You, you can be doing things for God and your heart be dark. You, you can do things for God with the wrong motivations, with the wrong intentions. Deceitful means to supplant. It's the same meaning of the word of the name Jacob in the Bible. Y'all remember Jacob. He was uh, a deceiver, the Bible says, that he was a trickster, a schemer, a, a master manipulator. He would do anything he could to manipulate people to get out of them what he wanted out of them. He, he had this ability before he had this wrestling match with the angel of, of the Lord that he could get what he wanted out of every relationship. He would run over his own family to get what he wanted because he was a deceiver. The, Jeremiah the prophet, he said, the heart is deceitful, watch this, above all things. What, what are we talking about here? It simply means, some of y'all are going to be mad because you think you're holy, but it simply means there is some stuff in all of us that's wicked. There's some darkness in every person. Because the heart is deceitful above all things. He says, who can know or understand a person's heart? Listen to what Jesus said about the heart in Mark's gospel, chapter number 7. It says, again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that, that defiles them. After he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull? Yeah, I love Jesus. Like, this is the closest followers. Are y'all so dull? 
Can you not comprehend what, what I'm trying to? Are you so dull, he asked. Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach and then out of the body. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. Thank God, because I love bacon. Verse 20. I wasn't joking. I love bacon. Bacon makes everything better. Can I get a witness? I shouldn't be preaching on bacon while I'm fasting. Mental note, don't do that again. He went on, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. The problem is not what's going on around us. We can't blame our shortcomings, our acting out, our attitude, our unforgiveness on people. Jesus said, it's not what happens to you. It's not what enters a man. He's very clear. He says, it's what comes out of a man that defiles him. The problem is, is that we always look for a scapegoat for our issues. Instead of dealing with our own heart, we like to pass the buck, so to say. We, we like to place the blame, especially if we can blame another person for it. Because then we have a face to direct our anger at. And sometimes it has nothing to do with what so-and-so did or what this circumstance, you know, how that affected you. It has nothing to do with that at all. Jesus says it's not what enters that defiles a person, but what comes out that defiles a person. So I'm just going to say this in the... I'm, can I just be straightforward? It's not the people around you that make you do wrong. When things around us cause us to act in a certain way, it's only because what's going on around us is identifying with something that's already in our heart. How often do we act out and say, if so-and-so hadn't have done, and God would say it has nothing to do with what so-and-so did, what they did is simply identifying with something that's in you. Because if your heart was right, it doesn't matter what they did, it's not going to make me respond in a bad way. I'm still going to respond in the right way. Let me give you a quick example of that. I used to get real frustrated when people talked about me or this church, like real mad, like fighting mad, like I'll beat you down mad. <laughs> Shut up, you know. I, I, I would get mad, livid, blood pressure, go up. I could feel it rising. Till one day the Holy Spirit said, it ain't about what they're saying about you or Bethesda. He said, what they're saying about you and about Bethesda is simply identifying with the insecurity and pride in your own heart. It was at that moment, how many know the Holy Ghost has a way of doing that to you? And, and, and so as I've grown in that area, I'm like, at this point, if they're going to hate, they're going to hate. That shouldn't change me. If, if that changes me, then they are not the issue, I'm the issue. It's my, how, if my wife would just get it right, I wouldn't act like, your wife has nothing to do with your ugly heart. I don't care what she did. What she did is identifying all the women, like, praise the Lord, he's finally preaching. 
He's finally preaching. See, when people can make us fly off the handle and act out, it's because they, what they are doing or saying, it's identifying with something that's in our heart. Jesus says it's not what goes into a man that defiles him. It's what comes out of a man. See, let, let the tree be good or let it be corrupt, right? The Scripture talks about that, that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth will speak. And so really at the end of the day, we have, we have heart issues, spiritual heart issues. Adam and Eve were no different. When they sinned and messed up, God showed up in the garden. And Adam said, it's not my fault, it's the woman you gave me. It's her fault and your fault. Eve said, the snake tricked me. Everybody wanted to place their behavior, the blame of that, somewhere else. And, and the truth is, if the heart is right, then the fruit will be good. But if the heart is corrupt, then the fruit will be bad. It's an issue of the heart. And we can check our heart by checking our self-talk. Check this out. Your self-talk, everybody has. Don't think I'm a crazy person that needs to be locked up. Everybody has self-talk. We have thoughts running through our minds all day, every day. And those thoughts determine our future. So if those thoughts running through your mind, the Scripture says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If those thoughts are negative all the time, how many of you understand you will produce a negative future? Oh, I'll get them. I'll show them. Not understanding that you're, you're thinking, I'll get them, I'll show them, all that stuff. It's not hurting them, it's hurting you. That it's creating a future you don't want. Because your, your, your self-talk is negative. See, the conversations in our head tell us a lot about the condition of our heart. Man, I feel like preaching this. I just know nobody wants to hear it. So I don't want to just focus on the negative aspect of that. We understand that when the heart's bad, it produces negative things in our life. When our thoughts are bad, it produces a negative future. But here's, here's where I want to shift gears and hopefully inject some faith into this house today as we pray and fast, is that if you are needing God to move into your life, if you need a miracle, a healing, a, a restored marriage, here's what you got to understand and here's how you, what, how you got to wrap your heart around the things of God. Number one, it's time for you to expect great things. How often do we live just, just dreading it? Well, this week's going to be horrible. And then we list why everything about this week is bad. I believe that it's time for the people of God to expect great things. It's time for us to expect that things are going to turn around. That things are going to change. So many people live with dread. It's time to expect that your marriage is going to be an incredible marriage. That, that the sickness in your body, it's, it's time to expect that that sickness will be healed. See, a lot of us, the reason we don't have expectation is because we think time will heal everything. How many of you, time doesn't heal anything. 
time doesn't heal any. Sometimes time works against us. I know it's popular to say time heals everything, but that's, that's just not the case. Sometimes time makes us more bitter. I'm in the right place. 8.30 service, I did want to run, but I think they needed to hear it. I think we all need to hear this. We have to raise our level of expectation. How often we want those who have wronged us to pay for what they've done. And we throw up all these walls in our heart in an attempt to get them back, not understanding that we're digging a grave for our own soul. We're digging a, digger, a, big, a deeper grave for our own soul. And so we have to expect great things. And a restart of the heart, that's what we're dealing with. The only requirement is expectation. The only requirement. Look at Hebrews 11 and 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. We need to understand that God is going to do some great things, but God wants to meet us at the level of our expectation. That we, we have to believe. We have to start speaking the Word of God. God has all power, and He is limitless, yet we limit God because we don't expect great things to happen. I'm going to say it like this. This is on the screen too. Faith has to be activated. You know what the, the problem in the church is? Is we know all the scriptures about faith, we just don't ever activate our faith. Like we, we know what the scripture says, but we never activate our faith. And I'm concerned that the, the body of Christ as a whole is forgetting that this is a walk of faith. Yes, there are scriptures that we live by, principles to govern our lives, to give us wisdom, but there will come a time in your life where you have to activate your faith. And believe God to turn something around. As we seek God for 21 days, I am believing that freedom is coming into your life. Healing is coming into your life. And direction is coming into your life. That it is time for us to expect that great things are going to happen to us. Now I want to read this text to you from Acts chapter 3 as the worship team comes back. It will take me a few minutes to do this, but I think this is going to be good. Check this out. In Acts chapter 3... We find a man who was lame from birth, okay? He's a full-grown man, but he's been lame since he was born. And he comes to the temple each day. Apparently, he has people who carry him there every day so that he can beg for money, okay? That's his condition. But let's pick up when Peter and John meet this guy in Acts chapter 3, starting in verse number 4. It says, Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, watch this, expecting to get something from them. I want you to see right there, there's expectation, expectation. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I, I give you. I, I just want to stop here. I want everybody to grab hold of this. You can't give what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. Jesus said, freely you have received, so freely give. How I many? it's hard to give freedom to people when we're not free. It's hard to speak deliverance to people when we're not delivered. 
You can only give what you have. Check this out. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. I believe we're going to see physical miracles this year. I'm I just going to insert right there. I believe we're going to see some healings that will blow people's minds. He jumped to his feet and he began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, I love this part. They recognized him as the man, same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. A few things stand out to me. Number one, the man was healed instantly, but this man had expectation. When he looked at Peter and John, he expected to receive something. Is anybody expecting in 2019 to receive some big things from God? Listen, your expectation can rise above the level of your pain. We learned at first Wednesday that Jabez, his name means pain. It means sorrow. And yet we find him in the midst of his pain and sorrow, praying that God would expand his territory to bless him and to prosper him. He prayed that God would, would raise him above his level of pain. I believe that our expectation can take us to a whole new level where we rise above what we've been through and we can see God move. Now check this out. Not only did he pray for that, but this lame man in Acts 3, he got up from that place and while he could have gone anywhere, the first time he's, he's ever walked, he received strength in his legs and he could have gone anywhere he wanted to go in the world. The Bible says that he went to church and he started leaping and praising God. Now, I love the fact that he went to church and, and, and part of the reason why we come to church is because when we were lost, Jesus found us and we come to celebrate that. But the scripture says that the people at church took notice that that was the same guy who used to sit right outside the church and beg for money. They, it, it, it hit him. That's the same guy who was lame. And now he's in here jumping up and down and praising God. I just want to know what you're going to do when the drug dealers start getting saved and everybody knows they used to be selling drugs, but now they're in the church praising God. I know their old life. I know what they were addicted to. I know what they used to be, but look at them. That's the same person that used to do A, B, and C. Oh, I feel like preaching this morning. But now they're in here praising God, giving God glory. I, I dare you to raise your level of expectation in 2019 that the things that held you in 18 will not hold you in 19. It's a year of favor, a year of dominion. Come on, church, give God a praise if you believe it. Woo! Tell you, I'm pumped up for this year. Listen, I, I, need, I need your help. Come on, we're going to prophetically do it. I want you to tell three people. I want you to find, I don't care who they are, three people and just tell them good things are coming to me this year. Come on, tell them that good things are coming to me. Now make it great thing. Tell them great things are coming to me this year. 
Come on, tell them that. Tell them great things are coming to me this year. I believe the same way that God restarted this lame man's heart. He restarted his whole life. Listen, 2019, somebody's going to grab this before you leave. It's your turn. It's your season to be healed, your season to be set free, your season to see miracles, your season to have your relationships brought back to a great place. It is your season. It is your turn. And your expectation can help raise you above your level of pain. It can happen. We have to retrain our minds and our words to start believing that good things and great things are on the way. I want you to bow your head, close your eyes, no one looking around. Already had one online ready to be saved. So I want to speak to anyone else online that needs Jesus to forgive you or save you. We would love to pray with you. I would also like to, to say that over this house. If you're here today and you need God's forgiveness or grace in your life, you need to be saved and you want to be saved. If that's you, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say, Pastor, that's me. I need Jesus to save me. Thank you for that hand. God bless you. Anyone else in-house, you'd say, that's me, Pastor. I need God to save me. One back there, I see you in the corner. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Anyone else today? Anyone else? I want us to pray together, every voice lifted. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm a sinner. I've committed sins. I need a Savior, but I can't save myself. So I ask you to forgive me, to come into my heart, to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me and changing me. I believe 2019, great things are coming into my life. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, if you believe that today, celebrate with them. Awesome, 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 awesome. We're going to open up the altars as the prayer team and staff come forward. If you need prayer today, we want to pray with you. I want to encourage you. Karen and I did something. We've done this many years, but we were very intentional this year to make sure that we both wrote out a list of things that we were going to pray for, things that we were going to believe for. If And, and, and listen, I want to encourage you do that. You need to write down and target what you're praying about. It, one of the coolest things about praying and fasting is at the end of the year when you're able to look back at your list and see all that God did. You need to be very specific. For example, in 2018, one of the things that was on my list was I wanted to see at least 500 people come to know Jesus here at Bethesda Church. God exceeded my expectations because 701 people got saved in 2018. I guess I need to raise my faith, right? I need, I need to add to that. But I want to encourage you, write some things down. Before you go to bed tonight, before you do anything, before you start your week, jot some things down. Get with your spouse and, and make a list and say, you know what, we're going to pray that A, B, and C happens this year. 
One of the things I'm praying for, and I don't care to tell you, I'm praying that my kids encounter the Holy Spirit in a tangible way, that they be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. How many want that for your kids? I, I want to see that. That's one of the things that was on our list, and we're just believing God's going to impact them in a powerful way. So take time to do that. Write it down. Join together. There's power in agreement. Prayer team and staff, you're in place. Before we do this last song, let's give God the best praise we have all day, church. I love you. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.